Namaste, yogis. Welcome to the Happy Jack Yoga Podcast. I'm Happy Jack, coming at you live from Harvard Innovation Lab in Boston, Massachusetts at the Business School. And I'm here live with Happy Hannah, and I am reporting from the capital of Norway today, Oslo. Okay, right. You were might get into that later. You were you were intended to be in Milan, Italy today, but you're still in Norway. And but we'll hear more about that because there's some interesting little, plot little twists. journey you're on. There's, yeah. there's some interesting plot twists. Nice. But we uh we appreciate everybody here live with us in Zoom and everybody listening live on the podcast platforms. Uh, shout out, you know, those who send in a, a contribution to Patreon for the price of five bucks a month, uh, price of a cup of coffee. It really supports the the initiative and uh, and unlocks some cool yoga content. So if you're listening and you want to get in on that, we appreciate it. And, and those who do, thank you. Uh, just got you know, a few little opening things to share. First, I got to send a quick shout out to our friend Alice, who's on here right now. Uh, we was on a workshop last week, Friday night, uh, a special Edwin Bryant workshop. And I'm talking, it went from, well, for me, it went from 6 to 8 p.m., which means for Alice, it went from like, 11 p.m. till 1 a.m. And I saw you were there right till the very end, till the Q&A. So I acknowledge you for uh, your commitment to your, your learning. Um, and that's, it's, it's nice when we, when we have these different ways, different ways to connect uh, online through Zoom. And right now, this is one of them. This is it on the podcast. So let me see here. I, I, got, I got so many things that I'm excited to share. And, and part of the intention of this podcast is we're going to, we're going to get Hanna on the hot seat and okay. we're going to, because we got some nice questions that came in. Um, but I, but I will open with a few things. You know, there's this course that I'm taking here at the Divinity School called Ritual and the Life Cycle. And, and last week we had our first day and we were talking about rituals. And, and I like this definition that was provided it was that it was that a ritual is a deliberate structure of action and time, which otherwise might be random, right? So it's like a deliberate structure. Can you say that again? Yeah. Yeah. A deliberate structure of action and time, which otherwise might be random, right? Because it's kind of life is happening to all of us. Life is many th different things are happening, but it's like when we when we have make a conscious decision and have an intention. Um, to do a ritual that could be right now, honey, you're knitting, you're, you're, you're leading a podcast and you're knitting. That's like some, that's some serious rituals going on right now. In PJs. Right. In PJs. Nice. That's, that's, that's technology today. That's a ritual. Right, <laughs> and we have, you know, different, different rituals like uh, yoga or meditation, um, these kinds of things. But, you know, I, I remember in, on this this first day, on day one, and there's like 60 students in the class. This is way bigger than any other class we have. But she's a very popular teacher, and it's her last class before she retires, Professor Diana Eck. And, um, and you know, after she had explained a little bit about rituals, she, she just posed the question to the class, does anybody here have any rituals? I, mean, I couldn't resist. Like for me, both arms flew up in the air and a big smile on my face. <laughs> Seriously, no, both like, arms. Yeah. Well, that's like my, that's just how I, who that's I who am. you are. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's be, because I was sitting there like on the edge of my seat thinking like, yes, rituals, like this is what I live for. This is, this is who I am. And, um, 
So I don't think she was planning to take a share, but she's like, Jack, <laughs> will you share with us? Um, and, and anyways, of course, I just shared some of my, rit my rituals. What I was actually- Just what for I was context, like how many people are in the room when your arms fly up in the air? 60. <laughs> 60. Yeah. But see, sure. here's why I was most impressed. I was most impressed that she knew my name. So, because we had just, just earlier that class went around, everybody shared their name and where they're from, 60 students. And I, and I observed her during the class and she called on five different people. My name's kind of normal. There was like a lot of, you know, not typical names. She knew everybody's name. Like, so I was, she's got, she's got some kind of a system clearly. Um, so, I, you know, that was really nice. The other nice connection is that she actually hired Professor Edwin Bryant like 20 something years ago um, and, and had brought Edwin to Harvard. So Edwin taught here for a couple of years before he went to Rutgers. Um, so, so anyway, these nice, nice little connections um, that come together. So, so that what was did you the... share when she had you? Is there anything yeah, you just... want to... I don't think I, that. I mean, the normal stuff that I talk about all the time, you know, meditation and yoga and getting up at three 30 in the morning and all that. Um, so I, you know, I went on a little ramble, a little rant and then she's like, okay, no, no. Cause I could have kept going. I, I got a lot of rituals. I think we, we, know that. we all know that everyone yeah. here knows that. I yeah. love it. But I gotta say like you would, as I'm there in that class, Hannah, like I'm thinking you would love I know. this class. I would I, really have my hands for, in the air all the time. It's, it's for you. Like it's. Uh, oh, damn. I, I, I was saying to you like you have to record them so I can yeah. listen from your phone. I could. I could. I could do that. Yeah. Damn. I don't know if this yeah. now is going to be bad for our podcast rating that I said a bad word, but really, Jack. <laughs> I got, I got the next class this afternoon. So if you really want, I'll record it. But here's the other thing. So my other course on Tuesdays is yoga sutras, right? Very, very fitting for us as yogis, right? Studying this classical text by Patanjali, um, you know, and, you know, of course, loving that, lo loving that lecture. The, a couple of things that I notice is one, as much as I, I just think it's amazing that we get to, you know, study yoga and earn a degree, you know, I I also do notice that the the classical yoga doesn't touch my heart as much as bhakti. You know, so bhakti is uh, another type of yoga that we've talked a lot about in some of our courses, and uh, and I'm just aware of that. You know, uh, but the other thing I was I'm also aware that my ego is still there, uh, as as it tends to be for many of us humans, because we were going around the room at the start of the class and and everybody introduced themselves. And there's several yoga teachers who are in the class. And, and, and so, you know, one of, I, I keep it really simple. I just say, Hey, I'm a yoga teacher from Canada. And that's, that's kind of all I say. And, but then one of the, the students, a couple of people down, you know, she said, uh, you know, I, she'd been leading yoga teacher training and she certified 300 students. And then, and then like inside, I, I turned to the, the person beside me and I go, we've certified over 700 students. I'm like, why did, why did I feel the need to have to say that? It's almost like I, like there was something inside of me that just like instinctively had to say, oh yeah, well, <laughs> um, you know, I didn't say it to the rest of the class, but it's just interesting. You know, it's almost like this, 
you know, not, not to be better than, but like to be enough, this inherent, you know, wanting to, or need to be enough in some way. So that's what, that's, that's another thing working on in, in the yoga sutras, sutras course. Um, so the other thing I wanted to say with regard, this is circling back to Sue. Is Sue on with us today? She's not. So she's going to have to listen to this. At the, at, at the end of last week's episode, Sue had a really nice question. She's like, Jack, why, why are you even going to school? Like, you know, not, not criticizing it, but she's like, what? I just kind of curious. Like, why are you taking this time and investing all of this time and going to school? Jack, she asked like, what, what, what are you wanting to get out of it? Yeah. That's something I mean, we all want to know, not just Sue. Yeah. Oh, you too? You don't know? <laughs> no, I think that it's great if you can redefine that for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it started, I've I've mentioned before, it started from, you know, Hannah, you and I, we took a sabbatical, went to the Canadian wilderness for a full week, no laptop, no phone, completely offline, just just doing some reading, like spiritual reading and journaling, a ton of journaling. And um, I guess we both got clarity, but I'll speak for myself. Like I got just this, just amazing clarity of like wanting to, wanting to continue to learn, continue to study. And because we, we, you know, lead this yoga school, it seemed fitting, you know, like to, to continue our education so we can continue to, you know, serve our students and serve our community and being the, the ambitious type of person that I typically am, I thought, okay, well, what's the highest level? What's the highest level of education I can get? Aha, PhD. You know, I'm going to get a PhD in yoga. That was that like that became my vision. You're going to say I some? guess we asked ourselves that question like is there such a thing as yeah. PhD in yoga and like, you know, started well, to well, look into it, right? As a result of that. Yeah. Or did yeah, you well, already know? Well, we knew it existed because we've got one of our teachers in India has a PhD in yoga philosophy. So we knew it existed, but in yeah, India, so we, but yeah. we wanted to see if it was possible here. Right. And then, but then anyways, you know, long story short, short learned that, you know, I can't just jump from a, a bachelor of engineering to a PhD in uh, yoga. It doesn't quite work that way. You need a little bit of a stepping stone. So doing this, this master's program, which is like the perfect fit because it's, truthfully like phd is very research focused very theory focused and the the master of divinity is very experiential right getting to to live at the ashram this is part of my credit living at the ashram doing all of that so you know long story short for sue you know it's it's really just an opportunity to to continue studying to to bring more bring more integrity to our yoga school you know, that's something that we're very committed to, obviously, Hanna, with our trainings, our 200 hour, you know, to, to bring, to keep the teachings as traditional and authentic as we can, but yet accessible for many of our Western students. And, you know, naturally it brings some credibility. It brings some trust. Um, but really, you know, I mean, the main thing is we want to bring value. And that's something that, um, is really at the forefront of what we do. And unfortunately, we we put things like marketing and sales on the back burner and we focus on uh, you know, how can we add value and serve our community, which we think is the right thing to do. And you know what it makes me think of? Like um the saying where we say we're always a student and sometimes a teacher. 
Mm-hmm. And and that's yeah. how I think of most of us yogis. We're mostly we're students of yoga. And then sometimes, you know, we share what we've learned thus far. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and just kind of knowing, I mean, mo- many of the people here, we got 10 plus yogis and everybody listening to the podcast you know, we tend to be people who are hungry to learn, hungry for growth, hungry um, to keep studying. And so- Serious minds. Yeah. So that's something that, you know, I'm going to keep studying. I do feel like at the end of this degree, I'm going to take like a, a gap year and and like a decompression and, you know, keep, keep rocking Happy Jack Yoga, but a little bit of a pause from intense studies. And, and then we'll see what happens from there. But- I think, I think I mean, with that's the you, other like making long-term plans is not like necessary because you're navigating things and then we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So it's, in one word, if you were to say to Sue, what is it you're expecting to get out of Harvard? You know, I honestly, it's spiritual growth. Hmm. Yeah. It's it, which seems like you know, oh, really, Harvard? That seems like an academic institution, but just the nature of how it's set up of studying the Sanskrit language and studying the sacred yogic philosophical texts and then full immersion at the ashram and then sharing all of that with our yoga community, to me, it's just like the spiritual, I don't know what the word is, vortex experience. It's just this huge... Um, it's it's all tied to spirituality and kind of discovering, exploring truth, discovering t- truth, um, asking questions. So that's yeah. that's the that's a it's little a lot bit of, of one words, good one. Yeah. That's oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's the that's the update on school. Uh, the other thing I wanted to share with regards to ashram living. Uh, you know me, Hannah, and and my Finnish friends here would know uh, Saga and Tia. I'm just thinking, like Tia would know. Thinking back to my Klaukala days, she'll remember. You know, I would walk into walk into the yoga studio and just and start speaking Finnish, right? Hey, mitakulu, minun nimi on Yaska. Hey, how are you? My name is Jack. Nice to meet you. He just said in right. Finnish. Right, and so you know, I just I love practicing wherever I am. Well, in this ashram where I'm living. Most of the residents are originally from India, so they speak uh, Hindi, which is like the the national language. And so, of course, same thing. I won't start speaking Hindi, but I can, you know, get by with a, a bunch of phrases like that. And the they love it. They love it's just it lights me up. In fact, do you remember? I think Saga was there. Saga might remember. But do you remember that training, Hanna, that we did in Lauliana, yeah. and and we were all in a circle. And I taught that whole yoga class in Finnish. And Yarno and, was like ecstatic. He was like, yes. yes. There's exactly. one student who just loved it. <laughs> Every I taught the whole class in Finnish, which Tia, Tia has seen me do, you know, back in the day, 10 years ago. I taught the whole class in Finnish and... And after every sentence, Yarno would say, Huvayaska. Well, pause here. It's like, it's kind of like for us Finns, isn't it like hardening? Because he's like speaking kind of like, um, like, like not grammatically always like impeccable. And so it's like, just like so cute and so funny. So we were like laughing out loud of like just the creative way of expressing himself in a language that is very hard 
so we have a lot of empathy, but it was just so fun. But it was so, it, I was so encouraged. Like, you know, that's yeah. the way that like, Yarno was like next level enthusiasm. But this is the kind of support that I get. Was. You know, I get this at the ashram. They like, as soon as I wake up and I say, you know, but hey, namaste, good morning, how are you? Yeah, essentially in Hindi, like they're, they're smiling and they're laughing and they're like, some of them like really only speak Hindi. Like they're, I mean, their English is better than my Hindi, but they're very limited English. So they appreciate it. You know, they appreciate that that we try. So that's that's a fun little thing happening there. Uh, that's on a lighter note. On a on a more serious note, you know, this is probably a bigger conversation, a bigger inquiry for all of us to think about. But I've been kind of thinking about this idea of privilege, right? Which was a a big topic kind of in 2020 during the pandemic and some of the the global events. But just thinking about you know privilege and the the privilege that I have and and asking myself why I have it and how much of it I was just born into because of the color of my skin and because of my uh, my gender and because of my nationality. And kind of in this inquiry of like, can be, privilege be earned? Um, or like, can you work for it? So the, you know, to, to take it out of the conceptual realm, you know, I, I have a lot of responsibility between like my, my Harvard studies and the Happy Jack Yoga. And so not only my, not only as a student at Harvard Divinity School, but I'm also, I'm helping to bridge the gap and create a relationship between this yoga ashram and Harvard so that more students like me will be able to go and have this bhakti yoga experience. So that's, that's something that I'm helping to, to work in. Like and more me, white students who are not born any, into the culture or anybody, anybody who totally could be, you know, a native from, from India but any anybody really. But the point is like kind of a service that I'm doing for the yoga ashram is is helping to build this relationship with Harvard. And, and then of course, also another service that I'm doing is sharing what I learn at the ashram with all of you, with our students. And so that they would, the leadership at the ashram would see those as like really nice services, really nice contributions. And And at the same time, many of the residents at the ashram that don't go to Harvard and don't uh, lead a yoga school, right? They're, they're students, they're young students in their 20s because they don't have those services. Well, they're washing pots and mopping floors and transferring food and and they don't and have also any problem. studying something somewhere. Studying. It's not like course, they're only doing that. Of course, of course. Mm. And so, but the... And they don't, they don't have a problem doing that. But I guess there's just, I guess I'm, it's almost like a little bit feel guilty. Like on the one side, it's like, I don't, I don't have extra time to do those activities. And th this is the service that the leadership has asked me to do. But at the same time, I'm like, is this some privilege that I have? And, and, uh, you know, on the, and then on the one, I'm thinking like, I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. My, we grew up driving rusty cars that, you know, you had to turn the key for a long time before the car would start. You know, we didn't have much money, didn't get a lot of, you know, back to school clothes and stuff like that. So in the one sense, like I worked hard to, to be, to go to school and to create this yoga community, but, I, but I don't want to be blind to, to privilege that I have. And I guess I'm just in inquiry around that. I want to say to that, like, that's a really great 
inquiry and if you want my coaching, I'll tell you, pick one of the the washing pot washing, you know, mm. slots and 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 feel like I'm sure you could schedule that in if you really wanted to and see how that like how that feels. But the other thing that I wanted to see, I'm looking in my notes, but I can't find it right now. But one of the things I learned in my psychotherapy training just now was that um, like sense of affluence is not um, dependent on how much you earn or what you have, but the social context that you're in. So if you live um, in a reality where everyone has similar access to privilege as you do, then it doesn't feel like a privilege. But if you're maybe somewhere where everyone earns the double as you, then you might feel that you're poor and have less access. Does that make sense? Yeah. Just yeah, as a general, saying. like psychologically, yeah. I think that's how um, sense of like affluence and all of that might be also impacted. Yeah. You know, and, and now looking back at like what you were sharing about your childhood, maybe you had the feeling that other people had other things and that's how you notice, right? Yeah. You know, I really like that. I really like what you say, that invitation to, to choose one service. Cause that's, that, that's kind of been suggested, <laughs> you know, not, not required, but it's like, Hey, like if, if you, you know, you could just, you know, pick Saturday morning and if you want, you know, you can do like the food transfer, like, you know, bring the food from the kitchen into the, to the lunchroom, you know, and, and take a half an hour time slot once a week. I think, I think it's really good because I'm, even though it's not expected, I'm, I think because I feel a little bit guilty, that tells me that I'm a little bit out of integrity uh, and that I could contribute you know, I, like I, and of course in my head that, you know, all my defense is like, well, I, I'm not lazy. I, I don't, I don't go on social media. I'm, I'm like always working or studying, but the fact that I feel a little bit guilty, I think is a good sign that I'm a little bit out of integrity. And this is, uh, this is something that I can do. Yeah. I accept. I that's a good, yeah. A good like inquiry to be in where and see what you what is right for you where you feel that you have you can contribute and it feels right and good outside of your comfort zone because all the other things you're doing are within what you choose and what you want to do like you know mm -hmm. the type of happy jack yoga service and all that yeah right nice cool well thank you thank you for that but i don't um, want it to get lost in your mind about the privilege conversation because i noticed you focused only on the first thing that I said. And then the second thing that I said was that yeah. your understanding of your own place or level of, I guess, abundance de doesn't depend on how much you actually have. It depends on what kind of social circles you're part of. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of a deeper conversation because I don't, what, what social circle am I a part of? I'm a part of this yoga community. Well, online. you're privileged in that circle that you're in so you notice at, it at the ashram mm -hmm. i assume i don't know yeah i'm sure there's all kinds of people but maybe that's kind of your instinct or when you look at your childhood maybe you thought that the other kids had access to more things and you noticed i don't know like do you know what i mean 
yeah. say that you grow up in a very wealthy area, but your family doesn't make the same amount of money as everyone in the neighborhood, then mm -hmm. you feel poor. But if you live in an area where everybody pretty much earn the same, then yeah. you feel like you belong. So it's, it's a psychological kind of thing, like what you're surrounded by will impact what you think, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally, I get that. I mean, this is uh, truthfully, it's, it's really great what you're saying. And it's, a, I think it's a big conversation, uh, but I want to, I want to get through a couple other things before we put you on the hot seat. So let's, <laughs> I, I think we, we opened up uh, an important topic that certainly is not resolved. And I know I've got work to do um, and we can come back to it, but thank you for no, those. No, that was all, uh, there's nothing more to it. It's very simple principle. Yeah. But yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's go nice. forward. So the other, the other thing, uh, you know, bringing it back to the light side, uh, literally light as in sattvic white clothing. Um, I don't, you know, what is that Murphy's law? Like is something like if, if something can go wrong, it will go wrong. Something like that. You know, I, I tr traditionally wear dark clothes, black clothes, but I'm slowly transitioning to this more sattvic white clothing. And, you know, last week, a week ago on the podcast, I had my, my green juice, and I, and I, the lid was off and I started shaking my green juice and it went all over my white shirt. I'd, I've never done that before. I certainly never done it with like a black shirt that didn't matter, but, uh, you know, wearing my white shirt, I did that. And they're here just a couple of days ago on Sunday, I was wearing this same outfit, right? The white, the white pants, the white shirt and, uh, sitting down on the floor eating breakfast with the other yogis and, and spilled, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Anyway, the, the vegetable curry sauce, like orange sauce all over the, the ankles of my pants. <laughs> like I've never spilled food. I never spill food on my black clothing. Like, so why, <laughs> like the first time that I ever spill food on my clothes, it's gotta be when I'm wearing white. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I, I got a solution. See back in, back in uh, public school in the 1980s, we used to simply tuck our jogging pants into our socks. So now I just wear my wool socks and I pull them up nice and high over top of my jogging pants. And then you can't see the orange stain. So it's, it's a good so move. happy to know this, Happy Jack. Your life hacks are yeah. just incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I washed. Yeah. It didn't come out. Like it didn't come out in the wash. So this is the, this is the solution. This and it is works. how we're doing it. Put something yeah. else on top of it. Thanks for sharing. Show it. It shows With how much life hack. I, it shows though how much I care, like what people think, or you know whether I'm here trying to impress anybody, right? Walking around Harvard, and if I look out now at the innovation lab at the business school, people are like wearing like suit jackets and you know kind of nice, and you know I'm I'll, I wear my wool socks pulled up over top of my jogging pants, and I'm okay with stains. that. <laughs> nice. I can't see the stains at least, but yeah. Nice work. Last last thing on the on the ashram. Um, Every morning we start with with chanting these mantras, like really coming together in this beautiful mantra meditation. And I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. And like the, you know, it starts at 445 and there's always somebody who's leading it, but nobody, nobody had stopped, you know, had jumped in to start leading the, the mantra yesterday. And so I just started. I just like spontaneously started, and, but I didn't think this through because then I realized I have to lead the chant for about 35 minutes, a call and response. So I, I didn't, I really didn't think it through. I just like, you know, I, I knew the first couple of sentences and I went over and grabbed the binder, 
but it was a really, it was a really nice experience. Um, but I did notice that, you know, I was in my head a little bit, not that it was bad, but it's like almost like when we don't know the lyrics or we don't understand the lyrics or we're, we're doing something for the first time, maybe as yoga teachers, right? The first time that you're teaching a yoga class or you're in front of students, you know, might we, we can be in our heads a little bit until we get the practice. So I was, I was just noticing as, as fun as it was at the same time, it wasn't like as much from the heart as, as when I, when I know the lyrics a little bit better, but that's how we start, right? It's how we start as yoga teachers. Yeah. And also it's not like the easiest mantra thing. Like it goes on forever and it's in Sanskrit. Like if any one of us would join that ceremony, I think we would not be able. So you are pretty advanced the way I think about it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's for sure. It's, it was, it was a lot of fun. So that was, that was that last thing. I don't, I, I got to just share like every, as I go about the week, there's just so many things I think about that, that I want to share with you all. I feel like you're like our family and our community. Um, and for those who are closest with us, i.e. those here in Zoom, if there's things that I share or we share that's like, why are they, why are they sharing this? Please send us a, a note and you won't hurt feelings. Because um, <laughs> sometimes well, I just- This podcast is these... becoming like about how is Jack doing? <laughs> like we should rename it. Like how is Jack doing podcast? Well, that's why, that's why we're putting Hannah on the spot, on the hot seat. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's any better. <laughs> Hopefully the things though that, you know, we can learn from them. So the last thing, how is Jack doing? Um, last week, this weekend, I got a clonic. I, I went <laughs> back. Do, yes, just the thing we wanted to know about. <laughs> well, because normally I do my Friday. <laughs> Scott's like, uh, almost too much information. But yeah. it's... Uh, Let's see. Know, it's, Let's it's hear just it. A, it's just, it's an amazing release. It's incredibly hydrating. It's Good such... You know, knowing how I'm eating so it? much curry food and so much Indian food and cooked food, uh, it just felt good to get a reset and a cleanse. We're and so I, I relieved just, to know. <laughs> I just plant that. I'm telling you, my friends, like enemas and clonics will he's change. He's planting your life. seeds. That's why he's yeah. sharing this. <laughs> yes. Last thing, health so, related. So, no, tell them do you want everybody to kind of familiarize themselves with colonics? Is this why we are hearing about your good release? We're hearing about it because in some of our other courses, right, you'll know that, you know, a, either a weekly enema or a monthly colonic, it, it it works for me. I think this is the thing, coming back to rituals, finding the rituals that nourish us and, and make us be our best. So I know for me, if I, if I have something important coming up, like leading a yoga teacher training or traveling to India to lead something actually, you know, in advance, a, a few things like, you know, getting a clonic or getting an enema, it just, it energizes me. And so I think it's good if everybody it's an finds an invitation for everyone listening, yeah. consider yeah. getting fact, a colonic. In fact, the first one, the first one that gets a colonic or does an enema, I will personally send you a signed copy of Bhagavad Gita. Well, it doesn't sign copy of Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> That's silly. Cause I didn't write it, but I'll send you a copy of Bhagavad Gita, um, wherever you live, I love it. you live in Australia, the first person. This who, is good. Info yeah. at happyjackyoga.com where you send need to email. send. Yep. Yes. Get either get a good one and, uh, or an enema and I'll send you Bhagavad Gita. 
<laughs> and we want to know about the release if it was good or not so good. <laughs> that's that's up to you. But if you if you're asking me, this is this is this again where I got to be be prepared not to let my ego get in the way. But every single time, every time they fail since 2012 that I've been getting colonics, the the colon hydrotherapist blown away. They're blown. They're like they can't believe how like how healthy and how good I release <laughs> and how good my we system. We are so was. relieved to know, Happy Jack. Thank you so much for sharing. We now know what this episode is going to be called. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, if you want, happy release. If you want to know what uh, what my practices are, I'll let you. I'll let you know what I eat. I'll let you know. All <laughs> you I love it. Thank you so news. much for sharing. Let's move forward. Got it. All right, last one. I mentioned briefly last week that I had a bit of a, an injury, and I'm working with it. Like it kind of, it's an inner groin, front hip flexor. Uh, I'm going to see a a, pers uh, a physical a physiotherapist tomorrow. Cause I talked to our friend, Jen Mark, Hannah, and oh, uh, she, she, yeah, she's been kind of giving me some coaching. I think I just like overstretched on, on it. the, on your inner groin muscle. Yeah. Just so like does it to, hurt when you walk or is it when you do yoga yeah, that you notice? Both. I want mm -hmm. my, my walking speed. Normally I'm the fastest walker out there, even if I'm in London, England. Yeah, just my so friend, you know, can. everybody, I, no, don't let your ego in the way, but I'm the fastest walker out there. I know. I know. <laughs> Harvard campus, you see a white like arrow pass by. That's the, Happy Jack with his wool socks pulled up to his knees. My blue wool socks. Yep. We but want a, a video documentation and all of that. I sure. hope you can provide. But the point being, though, is now like I've slowed right down. And it, and it oh, hurts good. a little bit. There's almost, there's borderline limp, like after, after too many steps in the day, like I'm, and you're laughing at me because limp. I'm limping. I don't mean to laugh at you, but. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it hurts. Maybe that's the name of this episode, borderline limp. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, that might not come across right, but yeah. Um, but anyway, the point being. The, thank you to the community who was with us on Sunday Satsang because they they're holding me accountable because it, it's been so hard for me to take a rest day, right? It's like I to because I like to run every other day and strength train every other day and do yoga every day, and so I committed. I canceled all my workouts for this week, and I'm taking this entire week uh, <laughs> no workouts, no running. Why are you laughing? Borderline <laughs> limb. <laughs> can you walk for us so we can see this borderline limb? <laughs> well, I can I can hold it together so you can't see. Like I can, it, it's like painful for me. I, I, when I walk, because I don't want, <laughs> here's what I do actually. I'm crying I laughing right I now. I don't want to walk with a limp because yeah. I feel like if I'm walking with like a limp, that's not good for integrity of my body. So I, I walk without a limp, but it's painful. You know and what, what I mean? does Jen Mark, our anatomy expert and physio trainer, whatever her credit creditations are, what did she say? Which one is better to borderline limp without compensating or her or limping and looking in alignment? Didn't she didn't say. I didn't ask exactly, but she said that to look for an athletic trainer or a physical therapist. And she said to look for activation exercises, she suspects. So anyways, I found I found a really good uh, therapist that I'm meeting with tomorrow. 
and uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, this is this is just, we all, gonna be we all are now. <laughs> we want to hear about the borderline limp. <laughs> well, it's actually not even borderline. It's there. <laughs> Love it. It hurts. It's like, in fact, I'm not know, laughing I mean, you at the, the fact that it hurts. It just sounds like a really interesting kind of topic right after your happy release. We're now going towards the borderline limp, not a full limp, but a borderline limp. I'll tell you, I mean, if you want to get into detail, like even when I sleep, it hurts. The funny thing is sleeping. When you sleep, it hurts. When I sleep, it hurts. <laughs> Somehow when I'm walking around, it's not so bad. When I'm running, you want to know when it doesn't hurt? When I'm running on a treadmill. Mm. Explain this to me. So it's like something funny is going on. Yeah. But let's not get carried away. So I'll keep, I'll keep you all posted on that. I want to, I think that we're going to have to skip our myth, Hannah, because it's a, it's a big yeah. myth. And mm -hmm. I think we need to get right to the hot seat with you. Enough about my updates and my releases and limps. It's time to get to Hannah. So the inspiration for today's hot seat is coming is coming to you from our dear friends over in the UK. They sent in a question. I'm going to get Alice and Scott on here. Sent in a beautiful question, which which by the way, your question, basically what what we've done for the first forty minutes proves exactly why you know you come up with this question because it it's so focused on myself and all of the things I'm doing and you had you had you had a really nice inquiry would you would you share with us yeah so we just it, we love hearing about your experiences in the ashram it's really inspiring and interesting but then we were just thinking as we were talking about the podcast in you know in the last week that mm -hmm. we would love to hear about Hannah and what because you're always somewhere different at the moment and we were just really interested to find out yeah why you're on this trip what you're gaining from it is it you know yeah just that's it in a broad in a broad way just to know more about the journey that you're on and is there some kind of spiritual yoga element to your uh travels or is it something completely different we were just intrigued to know more yeah thanks for that Alice um so this is the hot seat question number one I I'm thinking why I'm on this trip is because last year meaning like let's think about like school years so last year meaning a year and a half ago I was like empty nesting 100% because my kids left home. My youngest left and moved to school and then Jack moved to Harvard and I was alone at home. And that was a huge shift for me from the paradigm that I had lived in for 20 years. I've been a mom and living with people and providing a home to, to my people. And the first year was really hard. I thought it was, I, I wanted to like, I wanted to, live one year alone and do all the things and and then I learned when Jack came home even if we were no longer together he we still cohabit at times when he's away from or when he's back from school I noticed that I had been really lonely when he came back only then did I notice that it was actually unhealthy how lonely I was and so all this loneliness pandemic, like, I feel like I was really living it. And I felt like 
kind of sad that I would put myself through that. And I noticed that I do that to myself without noticing. Also with all this yoga and like some of the things, sometimes I can take them to a level where it's not right for me. And I only notice it later. And last summer, I noticed it was not good what I did the whole last winter. And so now in the fall this year, I said, I'm going to learn from my last year's mistakes and not be alone, like do whatever it takes to not just sit there and like muster, you know, muster through. And so then also it happens once you open your heart and your system, then suddenly one of my best friends um, asked me to join her to Italy. We both lived in Italy many years. She's someone who took our training in 2017 in Mexico, a Texan girl. Her name is Regina and she lives in the UK and she le now leads programs in Italy for women, for fun. Um, and I joined to help her and I'm saying help her with air quotes because it's so much fun that I don't know that it helps anyone but me <laughs> and so I've been helping her with some retreats in Italy and it's been deeply healing for me because Italy is kind of like a soft spot for me that has provided me a lot of healing also way before I even met my husband I went to Italy when I was 19 to study graphic design and because of the way things were it was very I don't know it you know when you live in a different culture for a long time you it's kind of like every language you speak brings forth a different aspect of your personality that you didn't know that was part of your personality that's what Italy's been and every other country but especially Italy has been how can I say like deeply transformational for me spiritual and emotional and so you, you to go back, you should mention you should mention though as well, like your your husband. That's where he passed because I don't know yeah. if everybody knows. I met my husband in Italy, and he died in Italy, and I wasn't there when he died. And of course, I've been to Italy many times since he passed because my babies were born in Italy, and I would after my husband died, I lived in Norway, so it wasn't that far from Italy. I would bring my kids for every summer vacation to different locations in Italy. And so it's been part of the system always. And I, I feel like it's one of my, maybe my home in terms of like my adulthood, I kind of lived in Italy. So our family was shaped in Italy with the Italian system. I learned how to cook because the, the doctor teaches you how to cook when you have a baby, like all of that happened in Italy. So my world was like in that paradigm for so many years. And so now going back to Italy without babies, without grief-ish, without that type of agenda has been, and also like without that, plus all of the spirituality that has kind of been the consequent of consequence of losing someone, like learning about death and grief and coping all these years. Now it's in two months, it's 17 years that I'm a widow you know, and so all, a lot has happened in those 17 years. And when my husband died, we were supposed to move back to Italy. And that's why he died, because he was driving one of our cars down. And I was stuck in Norway. So Italy, you can imagine, is a kind of a soft spot for me, as is Norway. 
because then I stayed in Norway, even though I should have been in Italy, in Italy. So kind of complicated and extremely emotional. So being both here and in Italy has been uh, healing. And I was thinking about it. Uh, now I'm in Oslo. So where we used to live is like two hours south on the coast in kind of here in Norway. And I've spent the last two weeks there. Last week, if you saw me on the podcast, I had just come home from the graveyard. So I was like, Jack and I were like five minutes before we hit record. I was like weeping because, because sometimes that is the impact of going there. Not always, but sometimes. And, and I didn't want to kind of have that kind of conversation on the podcast. So we kind of decided that I wouldn't maybe like Jack wouldn't ask me questions that would lead me there because it would maybe be difficult for listeners because it's hard to kind of share that aspect sometimes, especially if you're like navigating it. So some of you noticed that I wasn't really in the sharing as much. So this is why, because of my empty nesting gone wrong, I now have decided that I'm going to do the things because now I am freer than last year. And, and the, and the, the impact spiritually is that when I am in Italy, at least in the fall, I spent a month and a half in Italy going to different places and also to Liechtenstein, which is where I also lived. It's been extremely spiritual because I am not Catholic and I've been practicing more yoga. So that type of spiritual traditions all these years. I didn't know that the, the spirituality that is available there, and maybe I'm more open, less guarded right now. It has had a deep impact on me that I'm very grateful for and don't know how to explain, but similar to mm -hmm. India, let's say, if you've ever been to India, it's something that like, that is alive in me all the time it's not like you go to india and then you have an experience and then you go home it's like it's something that like almost like they talk about like i don't know that awakening is the right word or enlightenment or anything but it's almost like an unlocking of something that you are if that makes sense and that's why i think like religion can be or maybe was the first form of self-help because it changes you and it's not uh, for me it's not as far as in my experience it hasn't been tied to a certain type of religion or a certain type of actually it's not religious it's spiritual maybe I don't know and it and I am someone who did not have any interest in this type of topics before my husband died just to kind of like you know I don't think that um there's that there's anything special about me. It's just how life seems to be evolving. And mm -hmm. to share about, do you have another hot seat we question? Do, we do. We do have another excellent one. That was that was an amazing question and a beautiful response. Do you, uh, Scott, Alice, do any any follow up comment that you want to share? No, just that 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 was really beautiful, and I just yeah wrote down in my notebook just thinking about 
having that time when you talk about empty nesting and stuff and we're kind of at the stage now where we're our daughter is nearly 17 and it's just having that time to explore and it's just really lovely to hear the journey that you're on kind of having that time to I guess go deep into all of your past traumas and and feelings and uh, religion yeah it's just really but it's happening spontaneously it wasn't my plan my plan was not to sit at home and suffer my plan was to be fully alive and say yes to life and when a girlfriend says come to Italy I'll go and then this happened I just think it's nice when you've got because similar to us obviously we've done a lot of traveling ourselves it's it's always really nice when you can go somewhere that feels like home yeah a long way away from your home but we have several places don't we now where we can go and there's a part of it because we spent so much time there and various things happen there of course it's just really tight it's really binding isn't it it's just, it's really nice to be able to go to places and feel connected feel connected yeah yeah, yeah. Right. and it doesn't always happen and sometimes it takes a little bit of like premeditating like what is the right thing to do where should i go what should it look like because it doesn't always happen sometimes you go somewhere and you go like oh my god i don't know why i'm here what happened like it's a deeper process go. than booking tickets and saying like woohoo like sometimes that's how it works and and i'm sure you guys have had both experiences sometimes mm-hmm. there is a lot to know just a letting go into it and seeing mm-hmm. what yeah. what will be will be but yeah it's lovely thank you love it let's let's send the love high vibes to allison scott representing team uk uh thank you and beautiful response hun i just i'm i'm really happy you know i was so happy to see that email from allison scott this morning and i know you know i we want to hear more and more about you and this incredible journey you're on but that being said wendy can i can i bring you on spotlight for a sec because uh, you ha- you got a nice question i'll just since you're here live with us would you pose it to to hannah um hello hannah i love watching your your travels um i did notice that you got to visit a lot of beautiful churches it did look like they were catholic churches um a lot of pictures of g or statues of jesus iconography of jesus and mother mary so i guess my question is has your relationship with christianity with jesus mother mary and just your spiritual practice in general coming from like the yogic side has it changed and how has it changed? So <clears throat> I don't know if my relationship to those saints or spiritual teachers has changed, but what has changed is, <clears throat> how can I say this? The experiences that I'm having, and they're not self-initiated other than that I go to, because I feel drawn, <clears throat> sorry, to a church or, you know, I because they're everywhere in Italy or where my friend in Liechtenstein told me that her brother who had just passed away, he would want to go to this chapel or I don't know if that's a word in English, but <clears throat> a small, smaller place with a saint. I would just feel drawn to go to those places. And then when I sit down, it's almost like, it's almost like, something happens and it's not because I want something to happen. It's not that I'm asking for anything, but it's almost like a healing experience. Like people go to sacred 
locations to receive healing. Maybe somebody has a diagnosis and then they experience a miracle. That type of things happen. And then those experiences stay with me. So that has changed. That I never had before. And I don't know why that is, if it's because of yoga or if whatever it is. And then it's almost like, kind of like a conversation we might have. Like we will now, after a couple of minutes, we'll close this down. Everybody goes home and starts to think about like what happened and what did, what was my experience, but heightened because of those places. I think they are sacred and there is certain type of energy and gold and visuals. Like it has an impact on me and that has changed. Mm. I love it. Yeah, there's so much. There's, there's. I think there's so much in this question, this conversation. In fact, our myth, our myth today, which we're not going to have time to cover, was around is yoga a religious practice? And you know, I just want to acknowledge you, Wendy, in the in the course last week. You know, the question that you asked and the vulnerability that you shared with, and the inquiry that you're in, and the just commitment that you have to truth and 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 your your path as a Christian. Um, I feel like I just, there, there's such important conversations here and I, I want to continue this. So if you join us on another week um, or, you know, please, I, I want to continue this conversation. Um, yeah. Cause there's some things that have happened to me this past week with regards to uh, my relationship with family and Christianity. And, and I, th I think it is like all this beautiful opportunity. Um, but thank you for asking that. Mm -hmm. Let's 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 send so much love, high vibes. Xenia, Ohio, in the house representing. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, it's true though. I I totally get what you're saying. Like whenever we see your Instagram stories, Hanna, like those the, the beautiful pictures of Jesus and Mother Mary and the the churches and um, it is it's it's nice that you have that you know love and respect and appreciation for just the how beautiful it is and how, and how spiritual it is. And, and you capture that and share it. And a lot of it is, is like, I realize that I'm a really privileged individual to be able to do all of this, but a lot of it is also like, and I don't want to come, want it to come across as like complaining or whining or anything, but a lot of it is also tied to vulnerability and, and grief and, the the vulnerability of life and my own heart like i am i am i don't know if fragile is the right word but i am i i'm receptive like i'm not guarded or you know and then a lot of it is also semi painful if that makes sense mm -hmm. so it's not just woohoo, here I am, bliss, bliss, but it's also in a relationship to kind of like, I don't know if we think about like Jesus as an example of someone who suffered, like we can all relate to that or Buddha talk about suffering. Like there's some thread there that, you know, we, we're drawn to these things because we might be hurting or navigating things trying to figure things out and sometimes that's not so celebrated in our rational world and we don't want to talk about it or we do but it doesn't come across right so 
I just want to kind of mention that, that it's, I don't know. It's both and. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, thank you for, for opening up and sharing with us. It's uh, it's not, we want, uh, we want more of this. We want more of the happy Hanna in your spiritual journey. And yeah, it was very heartfelt and touching. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for just being so open. Our friends, thank you for listening in. Those who are live with us, the 10 yogis around the globe. If you want to stick on for a moment, we do a little debrief and celebrate you and say hi and uh, receive feedback. You're welcome to stay on for an extra couple of minutes. Those who are listening, Spotify, Apple, if you want to come and see our faces and see our, our white clothes with food spilt Stains. on them and and uh, all of that good stuff, email us, info at happyjackyoga.com and we'll get you the, the link. But until then, my friends, we'll... Till next week, make it an amazing day. Namaste. Namaste. Mm.